It's the beginning of one's work. One is able to work post-transformational. So one can study the work in the waking state, and at the same time, the one can tra one can prepare for work by using the waking state to produce the transformational effect. And that is, if one can get in and out of the waking state. If one can get in and out of the waking state, at will. Okay. And there's a, a kind of will that we're talking about, not the kind of will that that uh, enables you to to say, "I will that I shall go get an ice cream cone," or "I I will that I will be successful in business." That's mm -hmm. not the will we're talking about. Um, the transformational state or the transformational effect. The process of transformation, that one is transformed, what uh, some call, uh, some of them call it changed, the changed ones. I like transformation better. It's a little bit more down to earth, a little bit more businesslike. Okay. Transformation is a necessity for work. One cannot work without transformation. One must have been transformed. Transformation is no big deal. I mean, we're not talking about something that is going to prevent you from having to take 90 cents out of your pocket and put it in the uh, uh, little box in the, on a bus. They're still going to ask you for 90 cents after you're transformed. And after you're transformed doesn't mean you're not going to be a turkey anymore. After you're transformed doesn't mean that your teeth aren't going to decay. And, 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 after you're, and transformation doesn't mean that uh, you're going to go into... Uh, uh, a body type uh, the way you were when you were 18 or 19 years old and, and uh, all your hair is going to come back and so forth. I can prove that. Um, but I also can prove that you don't go back to the body type you were. That's <laughs> like, it. Exactly. In fact, the last couple of months I was thinking, you know, maybe the sleeping <laughs> the way I was before was not so bad. Yeah, yeah. As somebody, as somebody recently said, um, so a teacher said that he noticed that um, very often men who had gone through transformation would lose weight and women who became awakened would gain and i said so what you know what is it good for <laughs> you know i want to gain weight i would go back to where i was before to digress for just a minute go ahead i'm but sure what is it good for that's a, that's a good point there's no choice <laughs> right <laughs> so okay well that's what i was i was kind of getting at when i was talking about gurus and money and so forth also which is that people who want to do this as a lark as a weekend lark shouldn't they really ought not to. I strongly recommend against transformation. It isn't a fun thing. It's not something that's enjoyable. It's not something that everyone should do. If you feel called to it, drawn to it, if you must, then you must. It's a kind of work. And you should approach it in the same way, that it's a kind of work. It's just something that some people do. And they feel um, a necessity for doing that. So, if you feel drawn to the work, whatever it is, and of course, I've left that completely open to question what the work is. But if you feel drawn to it, you must be in the work. You must be transformed. If you must be transformed, then you must uh, learn the method of bringing the machine into the waking state. And so one thing follows another, but these things are not recommended. I mean, if, if, if your idea, for instance, not your idea, if one's idea is this is going to be a fun thing to do, then I recommend Est. 
Possessed is fun. It's usable. You can go into business with it. You can you can uh, you can do everything from feel better about yourself to power trip over the world with it. It's a fantastic set of tools for someone who wants to have fun with themselves and fun with their environment. Terrific. I recommend it for that. This work that we are presenting is not for everyone. It isn't fun. It isn't for oneself. And one should only enter it if one feels compelled to, but not in a compulsive way. Compelled in another way. Let's say a gentle inner persuasion that one must do this. Not attraction, not compulsion. I gotta do it. Why? Because if I don't, who will? I like that particular answer. If I don't, who will? That to me is a, a good reason to be there. Okay. I don't know why. Um, would you be open to taking some phone calls? Sure. Answering some questions? Ice. I, usually people are open to it, but you never can tell. I could, should have asked you before, but you weren't here on time. Um, I'm going to put us in delay. <laughs> so that's what's going on now. Okay. Because I have these people who like to... Yes, I know. Have, ...have their little time to be on the radio. Um, the number here is 279-3400. So you explain, um, or it's explained on the brochure, um, the chronic. Which we, well, okay, it's a name that we call the defense mechanism against the waking state, which began to develop at the age of about five, mm -hmm. and forms a barrier, it produces a barrier, which is a cumulative barrier that builds and builds and builds. For instance, anger, in a, in a lot of different expressions, can be a chronic, a defense mechanism against the waking state. Now, there are a variety of different chronics. Depending upon which chronic has built up or which defense mechanism has built up, we call each of those a typicality or a type. Now, the typicality can form a thread. Let's take anger as an example. As the machine approaches the waking state, anger will build and build and build. In order to prevent the waking state from occurring, the anger will build to a fever pitch and then to an explosion, to a cathartic point. Catharsis is the ultimate defense mechanism against the waking state. And so you'll find most of the pop teachings to be cathartic, which is to say passing through catharsis or passing through some form of, of personal crisis leading immediately into a state of calm, mm -hmm. which is the farthest possible distance from the waking state. Now, there's only two reasons for the defense mechanism, the chronic, to not be active. That is to say, for the machine to not fight against the waking state. In one case, it's because the waking state has already been achieved. 
No sense locking the barn door once the horse is out. Once the machine is in the waking state, like a kid in a bath, hey, this is terrific. I love it. Why don't, why don't I come here more often? But the other is that the machine is the farthest possible from the waking state. So again, there's no reason to fight. There's nothing to fight against. It's far away. So it's either far away or already there. Okay. Otherwise, the, the defense mechanism is active. So, 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 so it's long. most active when it's almost there? Most active nearest the waking state. Damn. Really? <laughs> if one could prevent the cathartic reaction, the waking state would be achieved. And there are methods of doing this, of, of making someone more and more excited um, using irritation and exhaustion techniques and so forth. You've heard about all this. Mm -hmm. I don't happen to do that. I have other methods. But there are irritation exhaustion methods. I've used them. I used them in the early, uh, well, late 60s, early 70s. And brought uh, whole communities into uh, complete mayhem. Uh, you know, they were ready to lynch me. And I had people going around gnawing at their bones, more or less, to bring them into this this near cathartic state. And then all it was a question of was preventing the catharsis from occurring, preventing the blow off. If we could prevent the blow off, we had it knocked. At, Within minutes, they'd be in the waking state. So what happens? It actually like almost blows up inside. Almost. Uh huh. But then, it's just like turning a machine on. That's uh, let's say turning on a motor that's slightly out of round, slightly um, eccentric, and it gets wilder and wilder and more and more wobbly. And then at the very last minute, just before it explodes, you very calmly reach over and turn the switch off. And it just comes to a complete halt. Mm -hmm. And at that point, the waking state is entered. Now, that's a very dangerous technique. I don't happen to like it. I've used it for two years, found it to be very dangerous. We had a lot of casualties from it. And I switched over to another very gentle method called the wind and water method, which I've used since 1972. Terrific method, a gentle wearing away process kind of like nagging. Mm -hmm. And in a way, you're nagging the machine awake. This is WBAI in New York. WBAI, you're on the air? Hello, Mary. Hi. I've been listening. This has been a fascinating uh, discussion over the past hour. But I was wondering, one question has come to mind, and Mr. Gold has, has uh, alluded to something called the work. And I, I don't quite understand what he means. This is something that is supposed to be a follow-up to uh, transformation. Did he go into explaining a little bit about what it is? Did you get all that? Yeah, I did. Okay. Well, what the work is, I think that question is asked to me more often than any other question. First of all, I have to tell you what it is to be a science fiction writer by way of answer. Is that okay if I do that? Certainly. Okay. Uh, as a science fiction writer, I go to a lot of science fiction conventions. Not a lot. Four or five a year. And in the course of that, either I will be approached or any writer I've ever met will be approached by a fan and asked, where do you get your ideas? Now, 
As it happens, I was just up at Rhinebeck, which is a craft festival upstate, and I was talking with a sculptor who happened to be, I consider, a very, very brilliant sculptor. And somebody walked up to him and said, hey, this is great stuff. Where do you get your ideas? And the sculptor answered the same way that I've ever heard any writer answer. I steal them. I find them. I borrow them. They just come. I don't know. It's what I do with the ideas that counts. Now, that by way of explaining to you, this is not an unanswerable question. But if you're really serious about this question, you're going to have to more or less agree that the answer will come over a period of years, not in one Princetonian verbalization. So what I will recommend to you is this. The work can be studied only in the waking state. It can only be seen in the waking state and understood in the waking state. It can't necessarily be understood in the waking state, but that is the only place it can be understood. In other words, the waking state doesn't guarantee understanding. But the work is absolutely invisible. Now, there's a, there's a parable about the, uh, the blind men and the elephant. Okay? I'm not... I have no idea whether you are or have been, whether you are now or ever have been in the waking state. Now, why am I asking that? Um, what I'm saying is that in the sleeping state, now it's not, again, it's not you that's in the sleeping state, but the machine. In the sleeping state, the work is utterly unknown. You can't see it, you can't smell it, you can't feel it, you can't taste it, you can't touch it. There is no way that you can detect the work, even if it's right in front of you. But in the waking state, you can. So I strongly recommend that if you're really serious about it, pursue the waking state any way that you feel you should. I don't recommend any particular way to do this. It's up to you to find your way of pursuing the waking state. If you're serious about this question, then pursue it. Find out what the work is. But the only way you'll find out is by looking at the work from the view of the waking state. Do you understand? Maybe to an extent. Okay. Do you speak? I've been uh, reminded a great deal of, of some of the methods and concepts uh, in Zen, Zen Buddhism. I wonder if, if there are any conscious uh, connections here. Well, you mean between my work and Zen Buddhism? Right. Hmm. Um, my friend Zalman Schachter, I don't know if you know who he is, Reb Zalman Schachter, calls himself a Hasidic Buddhist or um, one of the Zen Hasidim. Uh, no, there isn't, there isn't really a, uh, a, uh, a profound connection. I, sure, I can draw parallels between my work and Zen Buddhism, but I can also draw parallels between uh, my work and the work of H.P. Lovecraft. So. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank sure. you.
I have to ask you a question, and now we have a switchboard for, filled with um, calls. I have no idea whether I've been, ever been in a waking state or a sleeping. I, I know I've been in states. You know, I don't know what to name them. Um, That's actually a lot more than most. Uh, most people are unaware that they are in states. 